and horror hounds this is brett from dimension z joined as i am every week by greg of the dead how you doing man doing good how you doing i feel like i could go for a swim in an amazon lagoon dude look side note even without like creepy monster man you wouldn't catch me fucking dead swimming in that oh never mind i'm gonna get too into the movie already but Let's say, aside from the movie, isn't there that, like, fish that can swim up your dick hole and suck your yes. blood? There's no way you catch me swimming in that. First thing I thought of was the fish that swims up your pee stream and goes inside your dick. It's like, there's no way. For the listeners, we did not discuss this either. I'm glad that also came to your mind. No, we both probably saw that same special when we were about the same age, and it's been ingrained in my mind forever of, don't swim in the Amazon. Like, I would go anywhere <laughs> near the Amazon ever. Hey, Greg, you're gonna go swimming? Hey, why are you putting on a condom? Yeah, and a rubber band. <laughs> yeah, if you couldn't tell, which you probably could, we're talking about Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes, 1954. Um, the last of the Universal Monsters to get added to the roster. Yeah, this is a later one. This is honestly one of my favorites, though. Like, this, it, and as far as, like, just a movie goes, one of the most exciting to watch, if you get what yeah. I'm saying. Oh, it's a lot of fun to watch. Th this is a series I've seen close to the least of the Universal ones. Not because I don't like it, I do enjoy it. But I always seem to go Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman... Like, The Mummy, I would say, is the least one I've ever touched. And Creature, I've seen all of the movies, but it's not like, oh, I put Frankenstein on for the third time this month. Oh, dude, those Creature sequels get pretty wild. The one where they have him, like, in SeaWorld type thing, and then where he's just walking among the people in the third one. Yeah, Sven Gulli showed that one just a couple months ago. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Yeah. Alright, but, so, 1954, directed by Jack Arnold. So... Real quick, I feel like this is the least monster of all the monsters, and I don't mean in appearance or anything, because he's probably the most monstrous looking, but this is just an animal, and he doesn't yeah. do anything until people start literally shooting him with fucking harpoons. That's the thing, it's not even like how Frankenstein is a sympathetic sympathetic character, but he also just doesn't know enough where he runs into the village screaming, it's like, why is everyone running away from me? He did throw a girl into the water. It's not that he didn't know, but he still did kill a girl. If uh, the creature was left alone, he would just swim around with his fish and his turtles and live in his little grotto. And I guess just like wait for a woman to come by. You know what? Now that I'm saying it, maybe I'm wrong because he does attack some people unprovoked. But we'll get there. Well, they, but also, it's the thing of, he has no idea what this giant thing is. That It's almost like in Finding Nemo, and they're like, what's that? It's like, it's a butt. Yes, the boat, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, we get this narration of Big Sky Explosion about the Big Bang oh. world creation and all that stuff right at the get-go. <laughs> I forgot about this part of, yeah, it's all about, like, evolution and how, like, uh, the sea creature like the earth was like super hot then it cooled and then they explained how our atmosphere formed 
and then explains fish to us and how they like walked on land and there are certain parts of the world that are still isolated like that people still have never gone to and this is one of the areas but it starts off with like a science lesson yeah it's straight up like the teacher just wheeled in the big box tv and put in a vhs at the beginning yeah why didn't we watch creature from black lagoon in school (laughs) they just cut it off after that part yeah But Dr. Carl is out digging around in the jungle and they find this fossilized creature's claw, like an arm-looking type thing. And they're like, whoa, we have to get a team down here and dig up. Maybe we can find the rest of the skeleton. Yeah, and, well, it's because the arm is just sticking out of, like, dirt and rocks. And they just pull the arm out there and they're like, okay, let's find the rest of the creature. It's like, well, wouldn't you think you would just dig more into the thing because usually an arm is attached to something else. (laughs) Yeah, like, it should be right there. If anything, at least mark the spot where you pulled the arm from. But I do kind of, because at the beginning here, they have no idea there's any threat. They're just out there digging up bones like they always do. So like you said, Dr. Carl's like, I'm going to take this back to the Institute so we can get funding, so we can get, like, a big archaeological dig out here. And he leaves his two assistants there to watch but the, watch the rocks. <laughs> Their camp. They do have a little camp set up. Yes. Um, also, this is the first shot of the creature, kind of. You see his claw pull him back into the water. Oh, and the huge musical score that follows him everywhere. Man, I can't decide if I love or hate the music in this movie. It, sometimes it works extremely well. Other times it's very jarring. Of like, it's the same thing over and over. <laughs> It's just like a siren blaring at certain parts in this movie. The entire time over the scenes. I'm like, Jesus, tune it back a little bit. Like, it sounds cool, but we don't need it constantly. Have you ever seen the original design for the creature's head? I'm not sure if I have. It was supposed to look more like an eel. Where, you know, like the creature we have, it has those cool fins and it has the gills on the side. And, like, all those, like, cool features like that. It was supposed to be a more smooth head without all that. So it looks like the same thing, kind of, but the eyes are different. And uh, there's none of the cool, like, fins and things around him. That sounds boring. Where they actually, there's a few shots in this movie where, like, really far back away, you can kind of see it because they still used it. Uh, They did test shooting with the costume for, like, a few days, and then luckily changed it. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty iconic, like, monster. Oh, that's every year when Spirit Halloween's around, and I go in and I see their, like, $80 creature from Black Lagoon mask. It's, like, the greatest mask I've ever seen. It's so cool looking. I know, I always want to pull the trigger on some of those universal masks, and I never do. Oh, because they're almost $100. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of the design and everything... I don't know why marketing did this. And I saw an interview with Juliet, Julie Adams, who plays Kay in the movie. And she's talking about, she's like, I don't know why they gave the creature and all the pictures and promotional material these big red lips, but he didn't have that. Yeah. And it is kind of a ridiculous look, like why they slapped the red lips on him and all the colored posters and everything. Well, it's the red lips and the yellow stomach. Yeah, I don't get why he's a green sea creature. Because, um, tell him Steve Dave went to, uh, in October, they went to a Universal Monsters Museum, basically. It's like all of these movie props from 
the 60s and before. And they had a lot of creature stuff. And the guy had an actual, to the movie, uh, life-size replica made of the creature. And he was explaining that of like, well, you can tell I did not make the lips red because that's not correct. And the belly is green, not yellow. <laughs> yeah. But after this, the whole beginning there, we're introduced to Kay and David as Dr. Carl shows up after David comes up from scuba diving. The first of about 50,000 times we'll have that happen in this movie. Yes. Um, so, and so much of this, it's, uh, I know it's David and Mark are like our two main guys, but it's a uh, dark haired, good scientist and blonde, bad scientist. Yes. Mark is bad. David's good. Yes. Yes. Um, them and other doctors are all in somewhere in the university studying the fossilized hand, and there's an aquarium behind them. And my favorite thing, if you watch the aquarium, I've seen this movie enough times, I was kind of watched in the background. Yeah. There's the most happy stingray in the world. Oh, yeah. at them. Like, you know, they always look like they're smiling. He's just staring at them while the other fish are swimming around. He's just looking at the people there while they're trying to act. Hey, what are you guys doing out there? Because think, he's not just seeing what we're seeing, he's seeing a camera crew, lighting, boom mic operators, like, what the hell's this? Like, he's probably really intrigued. Oh, that's how the movies are made. <laughs> but anyway, I just like the Stingray. And they yeah. decide on, well, we have enough people here, why don't we just make this our expedition? And everyone agrees to go. Right, and um, is it Mark who, he's, almost his sole thing is making money. He's yes. like, the only thing that keeps this university, like, going is money. Of course it is. But David is good scientist, so he's like, no, I'm out there for the research and the betterment of humankind. And Mark's like, I can make a dollar. <laughs> and somewhere in the middle is what it's really like. Yes. But back at the camp, the creature attacks the two guys that were left behind. This, look, it's still super tame. Like, this is a rated G movie by today's yeah. standards. But this has more violence than all the previous Universal movies, like, with the monster attacks and everything. Like, he puts a big claw on the one guy's face and throws him and everything like that. Oh, yeah, even later, like, the guy's face gets all clawed up and you see it for, like, a brief second, but you see it, you know. Yeah, so like this is definitely a bit later of a Universal movie. And even coming up here in a minute when uh, the, all, everyone returns and finds the two assistants killed, in the background you see the one's arm like sticking out, like clawed up, which for the time you could would think would be shocking. Yeah, exactly. The creature attacks both of them, they're both dead, and we cut to the crew on the Rita, and we're introduced to my favorite fucking character of this movie, Brett, Captain Lucas. Oh, at first, he, you think he's gonna be, like, a, the scumbag guy who's just the boat captain and he's there to make a buck, because he's, like, unshaven, he's, like, kind of dirty and whatnot, and he's, like, kind of playing that character. Even when they get to the site, they make sure to point out that he's just laying around watching them work. But as the movie goes on, he actually is, like, he jumps in and helps. You could see how many of these movies would he just, like, abandon them and take his boat and leave. Exactly. And he also, like, kind of fills that Martin from Dracula and the Baron from Frankenstein <laughs> role in this movie. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, it's the great kind of over-the-top character, like a great character actor kind of guy, it seems. Fishing for rocks! <laughs> you can't get the concept of what they're doing! But he thinks they're the idiots, and it makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, like, he's, like, taking them for all, like, he's a genius. Like, these idiots just want to find rocks. Like, this is the easiest money I've ever made. <laughs> 
<laughs> what? You can't eat a rock? <laughs> but he scares some gators, and this isn't important with his horn, and he laughs. But this is what I'm saying, and about 15 minutes after this, yeah. they're all jumping into the water and everything, especially Kay, like, goes for a swim. Dude, you just saw the captain scare gators into the water. Exactly. And that's the, yeah, the, you're not only dealing with, because at this point, there's no creature, there's none of that. They don't know. No. But alligators are real. Tiny penis fish are real. <laughs> Just microbes in the water. Who knows how many species of snake. Even Captain Lucas mentions, like, everything in this rainforest wants to kill you. Exactly. But they find the camp wreckage and the two bodies, and they're all standing there, and Kay is on the shore, and the creature starts reaching up for her, and she walks away, and the creature just pulls his hands back, and he's like, ah, next time. Well, his hand does, like, a motion of, like, ah, almost. (laughs) (laughs) Drat. (laughs) We cut to eight days later, and they're digging where they found the hand, and they still can't find any more of the skeleton. And they're not at the Black Lagoon yet. They're just where they found that skeleton. And they're thinking they're like what if like hundreds or thousands of years ago this was all together and it washed away down river he goes what if we go down there we might find more evidence of this thing down there so they're gonna look for a skeleton that washed away into this lagoon and hope they can just pull it up i guess yeah or they're also looking for rocks that could have been in that rock pile to carbon date them to being from the same place and that means something scientifically that's way over my head. <laughs> yes. But this is where we get the name. Or they're asking Captain Lucas about, the, they call it the Black Lagoon. It's paradise, but no one ever comes back. Yeah, and the entire time, and everything he says, he laughs after. Yeah. He's, He's like, oh, yes, that's the Black Lagoon. <laughs> I wish he was our lead. I love Captain Lucas. Yeah. But they're diving. They get to the Black Lagoon, and there's also a moment like, Tight squeeze, but not for Lucas. He talks about himself in the third person and gets through. And the scientists, Mark and David, are diving and bringing up rocks and everything. And the creature watches them as David, like, cuts a little, like, piece of seaweed out of the Black Lagoon. Almost like, hey! I was saving that as a snack. I wrote my name on that. (laughs) He does look kind of hurt by it. Not angry, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I also want to mention they are dive so they dive down into the lagoon looking for rocks. This yeah. scene reminds me of the original Halloween when you know how they didn't actually have like it wasn't the time of year for leaves to fall, so they only had so many leaves, so they would spread them around the actors. But if you look like a couple houses up, there's no leaves anymore. Yeah, they were picking the leaves back up in between every scene. Yes. <laughs> This part reminded me of that because there's just rocks scattered all around on the floor, on like the bed of this lagoon of, yeah, they said they're looking for rocks. Just scatter some around. Yeah, they were definitely like set there, but that's a good segue to something I wanted to talk about. It's incredible. Now we don't think of it because we have movies that do this all the time. How groundbreaking the picture and everything in this movie was. Like filming underwater like this and everything. Especially a monster movie underwater. Like where you have an actual guy in a suit swimming around and everything. It's like unheard of. Like the shots they were getting and everything. This was like, for example, what like Avatar was when it came out. Just like with visuals and everything. 
Oh, exactly. Yeah, this was groundbreaking for its time. Because it even today, of I don't have the Blu-ray set, but I have the DVD set of the, all the Universal Monster movies. And it looks amazing. Oh, yeah, it looks so good. Uh, there is a little funny part about that that I read before we came on. Some of those underwater scenes were filmed in California, like on a soundstage. No, it was in a lake. But some of it was also filmed in a lake in Florida. And... The one guy who was playing the Gill Man, I forget which, uh, what his name was, or which guy it was. I guess it would have been Rico Browning, because it says Gill Man in water. So that dude. Yeah, was, one was a swimmer, one was the land actor. He was doing his underwater scenes, and a snapping turtle bit the foot off of his costume, and he had to go chase the snapping turtle after his costume. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I also from water. We friends. Why you do this? <laughs> but they come up and they go to test the rocks. Everyone goes inside the boat. But Kay decides to go swimming at this point. Oh. And this is a classic scene in the movie. She's swimming and the creature swimming right under watching her and everything. Um, I just want to point out, I know it was fashionable at the time, but the ridiculousness of the cone boobs. Oh, yes. Very pointy. She's going to take someone's eye out with those things. Yes. It's awesome because of the shot, like you said. It's one of the most iconic shots that people think of from this movie, is the Gill Man swimming underneath her and, like, almost touching her, like, foot and stuff. Is this Gill Man Quentin Tarantino? She, You would think that she would be smart enough to not swim out in middle of Amazon Lagoon, because even the captain... Captain Lucas, who's just a captain. He's not a doctor or a scientist. He knows, hey, don't go out that far. <laughs> yeah, he comes up and sees her. He yells at her that she's too far out. They start driving towards her. and She gets back in the boat, and right then, something snags the net. So it was obviously in there with her. Something huge. They try reeling it in. The boom starts breaking with whatever this is. They finally get it up, but something ripped a hole in the net. Right, and this is another one of those ones. It's almost like in Jaws, where they uh, uh, Quint's fishing, and it snaps the line, and they're like, anything could snap that line. It's like, this is piano wire. No. <laughs> yeah, and there's a piece of claw left in the net. Yes, that was the big thing of like, well, Rock didn't do this. Mark's gearing up with his harpoon gun, and he wants to bring whatever that was in, and him and David go in after it, and they find the creature... And the poor little guy just tries swimming away. Oh yeah, he's just trying, because he's hiding down in, like, the, um, seaweed, like, the water plants down at the very bottom. Like, he's hiding away, waiting for them to swim by so he can swim away. He wants to be left alone. Yeah, dude, how hard do you think it was to be the underwater creature in these scenes? Well, that's what, um, I was reading a little bit about, too, is he said he could, uh, hold his breath for four minutes at a time. But if it was, like, at a scene where he's swimming a bunch or fighting underwater, it was about two minutes was all. Yeah, there had to be a lot of breaks, I'm sure. And that's a long way up, okay, reset, go back where you were. Yeah, that's a lot of production time, you would think, of like, how many days, I wonder, did they just set filming underwater things? Oh, yeah. But they find the creature, he tries swimming away, and they uh, Mark harpoons it, and it does stick, and... It gets away, though, but they do get some pictures. They're on the boat developing the film. As they're doing that, though, the creature comes onto the boat and drags one of the boatmen, Chico, into the water and kills him. 
Yes, and the other boatman is, like, crying after him. It's like, Chico, my friend! <laughs> it was his brother, yeah. Oh, okay. He saw it and there's footprints left behind, so they know what they're dealing with, kind of, now. Right. Because at first, even Captain Lucas is like, well, there's legends about a water demon in this area, but uh, it was just some old crazy woman that always talked about that story. And then when they're, like, developing the pictures, like, I can't wait to see your picture of a merman. But after this, he kind of is like, oh, yeah, there is something going on. Yes. But they co- he comes up with this idea of poisoning it with this paralyzing root powder oh, called Rodeon. Oh, my God. Here comes the Americans. We're going to dump all this poison into this uh, lake, into this lagoon that's been untouched forever. Also, um, we're going to be smoking constantly and just flicking our cigarette butts into the lake. Who cares? That part, yes. Counterpoint, Lucas is, is who comes up with the poison. Oh, yeah, well, that's how he, he's like, I, this is how I fish sometimes. Which, yeah. okay. <laughs> but it, it just paralyzes the thing. It's like in an hour they go back down if you don't take him. Oh, yeah, he has the great line of, uh, yeah, the fish come to the top with a pretty bad hangover. Ha ha ha. <laughs> how do they know? Well, they do drop a bunch of it in the water and bring some fish up, but nothing yet with the creature. And it's nighttime, some of them are on night watch on the boat, and the creature climbs up. But the lantern, right when he gets to the top of the boat, frightens him off. <laughs> Fire bad! <laughs> it's like the one thing you can scare 90% of the Universal <laughs> Monsters off with. Yeah, really. I mean, like, Dracula isn't afraid of fire, but he doesn't like light. So there's yeah, exactly. still even that. <laughs> yeah. Stay in a well-lit area with fire and you're fine. Yes. But Mark and David see it, like, after it's frightened off near the shore, they jump in, just straight in after it and swim yeah. there. They find this rocky, almost cave-like area by the shore and they follow the footprints. And while they're searching... The creature finds K and Z by this rowboat that they took. Z is the other guy who was Chico's brother. It kills Z and picks up K, but right then the creature passes out from all the poison in the water. Right, because they were talking about, like, uh, the poison isn't going deep enough, so they, like, rig up so the poison go like sinks to the bottom. So the creature's disoriented, because it tries to take, he's like, I finally got the lady, and then he passes out. Yep, and so they got it. End of movie, right? Oh yeah, they just throw a flimsy net over him. They put him in a cage uh, that's just made out of bamboo, it looks like. Yeah, they put him in like what I'm assuming is where you'd put fish you caught that are still alive in the boat. Yeah. So like, it has water and everything. And they just put like this flimsy bamboo cage over top of it. You saw what this thing did to your net. Exactly. You don't have, like, uh, tie that thing up in a net with ropes, and then if you have chains... Put there, put some chains, you know. Or I like the uh, I like David's idea of leave it there. We come back fully armed and prepared for this. We weren't prepared to fight a monster. We were looking for rocks. Yeah, and or you have the thing that knocks it out. Dump some of that in there. Exactly. Yeah, just keep dumping a little bit at a time in there to try to like savor it for the entire ride back. Which it's are they going to try to? Okay, so they. The plan works. They get the creature to, like, civilization. Did they put it on a plane to go to the, uh, the United States? Like... I don't know. I don't think they knew. I'm tired of these motherfucking creatures on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> <laughs> 
But they have a cage on the boat, they're getting ready to leave, but David wants to collect more rock samples from the water before leaving. Like, fine. Well, he wants to go back to the grotto cave thing and, like, check that out, take some rock samples from that, they want pictures. Because Kay's like, you know how thorough he is. Yeah, at this point, maybe, hey, we have the bulk of the work, we can come back. Yeah, I would be like, we have this. They're not going to give a fuck about the rocks. The rocks will be there. We can come back. Yes. But Dr. Thompson stays on Gilman watch, and Kay comes out and is talking to him, and the creature breaks free. Dr. Thompson is viciously attacked, but breaks a lamp over Gilman, who escapes by jumping into the water. This is a like surprisingly good burning scene. Yeah, it's really cool. I want to also mention, when the creatures in the cage submerged under the water, and they keep coming around and looking at it, and it's just peering at them, it's fucking creepy. I don't know if this is true, but I have a feeling it's just the mask underwater. Yeah, I could see. I don't know either, but I could see them doing that. And honestly, it would look the same, so might as well. Yeah, it's not like he's moving, like, at he moves at a certain point, but not through the whole thing. Yeah, I think it's just the mask in the water. Yeah. <laughs> David wants to leave and come back at this point, and Dr. Thompson's still alive, by the way, just very gravely injured. But Mark tries to make Lucas stay, like, I'm telling you what to do, I have the money, and Lucas pulls a knife on him and is like, I'm the captain and I make the rules. I love that part right there, because David and Mark are arguing back and forth, and Lucas is like, actually, I'm in charge because this is my boat and we're on the water. So... This is a knife! (laughs) (laughs) They're leaving, and there's a bunch of trees blocking their way out, like through that little tiny exit, which is the only way they can get out of here. And you also look, and the rowboat has been destroyed by the creature. Yes, so the creature at this point is pissed off. Like, oh, you want to leave now? I tried just to be, like, nice and peaceful and, like, leave you guys alone. You leave me alone. Like, now you're throwing cigarette butts in here. You're trying to poison me. Like, fuck you. You're not leaving this lagoon. <laughs> no, like you're staying here. Pretty yeah. lady. Um, But they tie the winch around it and they're going to lift it. And I love the creature is smart enough to understand simple machines and just unties the winch. Like, uh, like unhooks it so that it just keeps pulling up. Because there, are, from here on out, it's all about hooking this winch up to these trees, which it sounds extremely boring. But luckily, they pepper plenty of creature attacks all through there. Yeah, so David's going into the water, and Mark tries to come too, but David's like, absolutely not, and punches him out. Yeah, then they get into a like wrestling kind of match in the... Uh, hall of the boat or whatever inside the boat right by the in- the other injured guy who's just sitting there <laughs> laying like bandaged bandaged up but you just see his eye moving around david goes down and is tying the tree back up so he's like this will hold this time but the creature's coming after him in a really cool like i don't know how it looks like he's moving super fast though but mark has obviously come back too and is in the water and fires a harpoon at him the second shot hits gilman he's injured pulls the harpoon out and grabs Mark and starts dragging him down. This underwater fight is surprisingly tense, and I really like it. Oh, yeah, all the underwater stuff's really awesome looking. And this is also something I learned from uh, that museum with all like the cool creature from Black Lagoon stuff, is they had the original feet of uh, the creature costume, and he turned them upside down, and there's all of this intricate workings, where it's not like 
the Gill Man who the guy that playing the Gill Man just wore his shoes or something. There was actually like texture and there's like little suction cup things on the bottom and whatnot. So when the creature does turn around and like swim away, it still looks good and it's not like, oh, those are flippers. Yeah, it's not just something taped to a shoe. Yeah. But yeah, the fight's going on. David shoots at the creature, scaring it away, but Mark does the dead man float up and he's dead. And David back on the boat wants to use the Rodeon in a spray gun, like to knock the creature out long enough to get the branches out of the way. Yeah, which is one of the best ideas that they've come up with. You've shot him like three or four times with a harpoon gun right now, and he doesn't like it, but it doesn't kill him. I have a question about this Rodeon stuff. Yeah. Does it have to be breathed in, or is it like if it contacts your skin, it paralyzes you? I would guess it would have to be breathed in, because the people get covered in it here in a little bit, and it's not like That's they're all Okay. That's what I was about to say, because he's going in the water spraying this stuff. Yeah, this 1950s chemical. Yes, I'm sure that's great. Oh, it's perfect. There's no underlying, like, major long-term effects. If you or a loved one has been exposed to Rodeon in the Amazon jungle, you may be entitled (laughs) to compensation. Have you or a loved one uh, worked on Creature from Black Lagoon from 1954? If so, we're here to help. (laughs) But... He goes down with his spray gun. Oh, while they're making the rodeo on real quick, the creature reaches in and almost attacks this poor man again. The guy who's all injured and bandaged up looking like a mummy just reaches in and starts attacking him. But they basically shoo him away, smack his hand a bunch of times, then decide to lock the window. Well, that's why, like, right here, they're trying to either stop the creature, like, kill him, or distract him long enough to be able to get these trees out of the way. The creature's reaching his arm through a window. Why you just, like, throw a rope around his arm and move the sick man and just tie him <laughs> through the window? Now he's yeah. stuck. He's like, fuck. Like, this was... I didn't think this out. Ah, I cut got his, him. Cut his arm off. Like... No! That's mean! Then you have a whole fresh creature arm to come back with. You wanted proof? <laughs> but David goes back in and he sprays the creature a bunch of times. This gives him enough time to get the cable back around the tree and they clear their path and everything's good now but the creature sneaks onto the boat grabs Kay, and jumps into the water with her i just imagine every time the creature gets sprayed with this poison and goes loopy like white rabbit by jefferson airplane starts playing in his head and it's just like those uh, kaleidoscope images (laughs) (laughs) it's just a bunch of like fish and alligators spinning around in his head we were somewhere outside of Barstow on the edge of the desert when the radon started to take hold. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he took Kay and swims underwater with her and then goes back to the, what's it called, the grotto? Yeah, the I think that's what they called it. Which, when I hear grotto, I just think of the Playboy Mansion. (laughs) Because they had that grotto thing and, like, by the pool. (laughs) The Rocky Cave area thing. Yeah. But... David follows, and we have this, the most random scene in the movie, if you ask me, is the bat scare. Okay, yeah. <laughs> There's this random bat just flies at him, all spooky-like, that's all. It's Dracula helping. I know, that's what I'm like, are they seeding, like, the first seeds for, like, I'm here to talk to you about the monsters initiative. Oh my god, and Dracula steps out of the shadows. He has an eye patch for some reason. The post credit scene, except the credits are only, like, ten seconds long here. Yes. 
he finds Kay, but the creature comes out of this, like, puddle, and roars and smashes his harpoon gun, picks David up, is about to kill him, but Lucas and Carl arrive and shoot it a bunch of time. The creature retreats to the water, falls over, and quote-unquote dies. Yeah, you see it sinking to the bottom, where, like, well, they follow the creature. At this entire time, they've been trying to stop it. All of a sudden, David now is like, no, don't shoot him, let him go. It's like, why? Like, take another, take a headshot. The thing's killed half of you, tried to steal your girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, kill the thing and bring it back with you and be like, fuck bringing it back alive or studying it. Like, Well, here's the thing, it's about to die in a second anyway. You might as well take it for yourself. Because now it sinks to the bottom of the lagoon. You have to go back to the United States and be like, well, three of your doctors are dead. There's a few crewmen dead, blah, blah, blah. It was it was the Gill Man. Do you have do you have any proof? No. It, well, you, we, you took a camera with you. We remember the big expensive underwater camera. You definitely got pictures of it, right? Well, no. I think they did get pictures, though, didn't they? No, they did. They thought they did, but the girl man was too quick and got out of the picture. Ah, uh, okay. Like, we had to move a bunch of trees. <laughs> it was a catch and release. That's all. They, they caught the fish and they let him go. You're fired. <laughs> But yeah, the end, and I mean instant. Creature falls, dies, boom, credits. How we always complain about these super old movies, this is a prime example of it. Well, at least this one isn't as bad as some of them are, of either the scene makes no sense, or it's like, and it's all wrapped up and it's done. At least this one, it's like there was the shootout, the creature sinking to the bottom. You understand what happened, not you blinked and like, oh, fuck, the movie's over. Yeah. But yeah, that's Creature from the Black Lagoon. Always a good time. Oh, I had so much fun watching this again. It's a series, like I said, that I haven't like given the proper respect to, I would guess, because I don't watch it as much as the other ones. But I want to dive into the other two now. Oh yeah, the other two get like really wild. Like I said, the second one they have met this like Sea World like yeah. park and he gets loose. Or in the, what's the um shape out of water or whatever when the go man fucks that lady? Oh, The Shape of Water, yes? Yeah. It's definitely Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, let's get into Count of the Dead. Let's get into the Count of the Dead! Ah, ah, ah. Alright, let's throw with our Count of the Dead's where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. Britt, where do you think we got with Creature from the Black Lagoon? Do you count the Gilman because he comes back, or are those other Gilmen? I did not count the Gilman because I don't know if I can count him as human enough, and yeah. because of sequels. True. Well, as I know, there's the two guys at the very beginning. It's a couple doctors. There's the Chico's brother. Or Chico was the brother, Z's brother. Yes. Um. Dr. Thompson didn't die. He was just very injured. Yeah, yeah, he was just injured. I'm going to say five. And I'd say you're correct. Yes. That's great. Scout of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. I finally got another one right. And congratulations to you on that. Yeah, I know. Now we get into my ratings from Dimension Z. Um, so basically, I'll take something from the movie and I rate the movie one through ten, one being the worst and ten being the best. And I come up with that thing right now because there's a lot of water stuff you can play with in this. There movie. is. Okay, no, actually, you know what I'm going to do is how, and it's going to be, it's going to take a minute of explaining, but you'll understand. Okay. 
how meeting the creature could have gone. Okay. So, like, how, like, the best case scenario and the worst case scenario of going into this lagoon and meeting this creature that you had no idea was around, it could go great, it could go bad. Yes. So a number one version of meeting the creature is this movie. It goes as bad as it probably could. I mean, the only worse it could have gone is if everyone got killed. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, a number 10 version of meeting this creature, this brand new life form, is you peacefully go in, you kind of you know watch it from a distance, like Star Trek Next Generation style. Um, you Maybe you're like, oh, he really likes this certain kind of food. And you, like, the first time you kind of make him aware of your presence, you have that food and give it to him. Now you're buddies. Okay, I he's agree. Ha- he's extremely happy to help you with your scientific research. He comes back to the mainland, but as a guest, free to leave when he likes. Exactly. It's like he has a nice robe on. He has a hotel room. He just stays in the shower the whole time. So, number three. So, Creature Walks Among Us. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to give uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon eight versions of meeting the creature out of ten. It's a little rocky at first, but you end up still really being friends and liking each other. It's a lot of fun. Um, the visuals are awesome. There's a lot of just fighting, which if you're in the mood for that and not as much dialogue, it's really good. But if you're in more of like a talky kind of movie, this one might not completely be for you. But the underwater stuff looks awesome and the creature's costume is top notch. I agree. Um, I, I don't agree with there being... I think there's plenty of talking, though. I think this yeah. has plenty of talking in it. Yo, yes, but there's also, like, there's a lot of action, which can... It's very rare for these Universal movies. How is this a lot of action? There's, there's a, a lot of fighting. The yeah, there's, there's a, a lot of fighting at the end. It's not fucking John Wick out there. I mean, they, they wrestle around for a minute. No, this is good. <laughs> okay, but I am in agreement with you on the rating. I gave this eight ways meeting the creature could go out of ten as well. Awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. It's one of my favorite Universal movies, monster movies. It's not my favorite, but it's up there. Exactly. Well, unless you have anything else, man. No, I think that's all I got on Creature. All right, well, we hope that the creature from the Black Lagoon has left your brain throbbing with horror. Oh, hey. Didn't see you there. Well, that was a fun episode, wasn't it? Be sure you tune in next week for another fun episode. And be sure to check out all our social medias. Just look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin. I hear the guy that runs them is really great.